Polywana Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. I'm Britt Vosicek. I'm the host of Polywana Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds, brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Hi guys, this is Britt uh, from Polywana Podcast, recording after a long break. And I feel like even though you've been listening to me every other week, I really missed you guys. And it's good to be back. Uh, I'm here with my guest and longtime um, closet partner, <laughs> Jonathan Walker. I'm really okay with that title. Hi everybody, good to be back. He's my partner in the closet because we're in a closet right now. It's, it's true. not that we're partners and we're not telling anybody. No, this is this is the the best recording studio that our money can buy. It's so actually a lot of fun. I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. It feels safe. It does. You guys probably can feel how safe it feels. It's bleeding through the microphone. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a safe space, man. All the fucking political shit i don't know when you guys are gonna hear this i don't know if you'll ever um, hear this the apocalypse can happen between now and then (laughs) yeah so so future self um (laughs) it's gonna be okay so uh, Mm -hmm. for 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 our for our future selves we're listening the day after uh the uh the 2017 immigration ban went into effect so that is uh that is the only thing that is happening in the world right now. Yeah, it's like I can't even. It takes up so much space in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it's like walking around pretending that everything is fine is so strange. Yeah, yeah. It's As so weird. Somebody that waits tables with predominantly wealthy white people, I can Ooh. tell you, like it is. It is amazing how little concern uh, is given right now. It's remarkable. Yeah. Yep. That's, I was at um, The Secret Group, a comedy club in Houston, if you guys want to check it out. I don't know if they'd be happy with me plugging them, but here we are. Um, and a lot of minorities. And it was kind of like, I mean, we're comedians. So it's not like we can't laugh, you know. Um, and so there was a lot of joking about it. But you could kind of feel, you know, that it's like that's because that's what we do. Not because we want to. Yep. But you can't not say anything and... Uh, it's just difficult. Yep. Went to an open mic on Wednesday and it was more of the same. Just mm-hmm. a lot of really tense. Like, ha, 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 it's funny kind of, but yeah. not, not Why people all. don't know if they can laugh. Minorities don't want to laugh, you know. But I mean, if the, the punchlines are there and everybody knows what's going on. A lot of smart, very like smart and self-aware and hilarious people in Houston. Houston is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and our comics are a reflection of that, you mm-hmm. know. If you're going to the to the right places, so it is nice to surround myself with those kinds of people and have a little more, a little more joy, you know, that I'm sure the restaurant felt. That sounds suffocating. It's it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. It's nothing I'm not used to, unfortunately. Yeah, fucking white people complaining about your shit. You guys don't know we're white. I'm here to tell you. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was about to say. White and sad for ya. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can. I'll blog about it. Um, man, what's going to happen to poly people? We can't even figure. <laughs> we, I, I, we are so far below the radar. I, think I we'll know. Okay. I don't even care. Yeah. 
Um, no, I'm kidding. I care about you guys. Today we're going to talk about um, labels, mm. why we label ourselves, mm-hmm. um, why we give ourselves terms. This The topic for me was inspired by this guy that I saw a long time ago who, and I, I mean, every guy says this, but it's like, why do you even call yourself polyamorous aren't you just like floating around until you find the right person uh and then often there are people on facebook that are like why do you call yourself polyamorous aren't you just fucking mm-hmm. um so it kind of all goes with that it's like why even label it instead of just like having a vague sort of attitude about it which is a valid question why johnny do you think i go through the trouble of saying a word with so many syllables <laughs> when i could just take my tits out on the sidewalk and people would flock towards me um, I don't see why you don't do both. I don't see <laughs> I don't see those things as being mutually exclusive. Good um, answer. Right. Thank you. I'll, I'll, and that's it. That's it. We're <laughs> we're done with this episode. Bye, guys. Folks. Thank you for listening. Um, no, we we touched on this. Uh, I think in one of the one hundred and one episodes the, a couple while back. Um, isn't it just about sex episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So that that that's a stereotype. Um, I, and my answer would simply be like, what, why? So why polyamory as a label itself? Like, why? What what makes that label significant or or different? And I would say the the only real difference is just the honesty involved. There are plenty of people that are non-monogamous. Most people that claim to be monogamous are actually non-monogamous. Yeah. They're just not <laughs> honest about it. Mm-hmm. So. I would say that's probably the biggest distinguishing factor is that I'm not lying to anybody like out of, out of everyone that I'm involved with. They're all at least aware that there are other people in my life. Like that's the minimum prerequisite. Like I've at least told you that we are not exclusive, that I am seeing other people. Most of my partners know like full well, the full scope of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But some people just kind of have the sort of like, like close to an open relationship, you know, like it's polyamorous and like, that's like the phase before you get to the point where you communicate the rest of your partners or you're meeting other partners. But I also think that with so, there's some kind of like, I think now, especially now that polyamory is a little trendier, mm. people think that people just say it, mm-hmm. you know, to as, be, as a pass. Yeah. yeah, like as a pass and to kind of just have a thing that they have a, they have a quality, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm a witch now. I mean, there was a lot of that in in like the '90s with with the gay movement or, or you know b- bisexual erasure. You know, like you mm. you just need to pick. You just need to decide. Uh, it's 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 more of the same. Like it's it's a lack of familiarity and understanding of the lifestyle. That's an excellent comparison, the bisexual one. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and of course, like people are going to look from the outside in and just say, "Oh, well, you're just cheating." I'm like, well, well, no, like fundamentally I'm not like by by definition, cheating yeah. would require dishonesty. Cheating would require that I'm not being upfront about my lifestyle. And I am um, if we want to. And, and I would like to get a little more specific about the term polyamory as opposed to any other way to describe it, um, especially non monogamy. I, I in recent weeks have really started to dislike the term non monogamy, even ethical non monogamy, because I don't like my lifestyle to be characterized by what it is not Mm, by the opposite of another thing right like like the only way that you can refer to my lifestyle is by that it isn't something else i i I dislike that and it's useful like it's definitely the most common term but i I prefer polyamory because it's i don't know it's just more positive to me yeah that's a really excellent point i probably never would have thought about that until you said it but now that you said it i am 
outraged yeah. that people call us non-monogamous. Out of everything else in the world going on right now, this <laughs> is the thing that I'm this most This is the most about. important thing. <laughs> I'm so upset. No, I mean, I whatever. I'm not going to... I will probably still use non-monogamy in conversations. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to communicate it to people. I mean, because we, we live in a monoculture. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if, like, for me personally, I would probably prefer to describe myself as poly just because it's 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 a happy... Like, poly, it's a, it's a, it's a happy word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I like a lot it. of fun. Yeah. Sounds like pink bubbles and ice cream. Yeah. And everything it isn't. Um, sorry, that was a little skeptical. I when earlier when you said so I guys I'm really exhausted right now but earlier when you said <laughs> oh you're just cheating mm. like <laughs> that's something that people say all the time to me and all over the internet and when you said it just now <laughs> I imagined you talking about like a game uh-huh. like you're cheating at a game yeah. that everyone's playing right and <laughs> there it is a game like all these relationships are that's- just that's the implication, right? Yeah, that you're, like, you're just gaming the system, man. <laughs> yeah, and Get it's like we're just playing a on. different game. Right. And if it's so hard for people to play by the rules of this game, then why are they playing it, you know? Right. It's very strange, you know? And winning the game for them is much different than winning the game for us. And, you know, I don't want to make like a them and us kind of thing. But it's not, it's not like we're on separate teams. Like we're not against each other. Right. We're just playing different games. Pretty much. And we're not cheating at ours. No. Although they often cheat at theirs. It's, it's really hard to cheat at ours if you're playing the game. Yeah, if you're playing the game correctly mm-hmm. and you're following the rules. And the rules are, there are no rules. No, that's not true either. There, there are lots of rules. So many fucking there rules. There are a whole lot of rules. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, If know. there were a book of poly rules, it would be huge. Yes. It's, it's the pirate's code. There, there are no laws. It's just guidelines. It's fine. <laughs> Just guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's why also labels are important because they kind of outline labels come with themselves kind of like a set of predetermined. Like with monogamy, you know the fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Like you know what monogamous rules are. Don't fuck anybody else. And everything. You cannot give me attention for the rest of my life. Right. And you can, you know, be secretive about, you know, going to dinner with your secretary. But don't ever fuck anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's monogamy. But with polyamory, if you don't say... Like, I'm solo poly, or I'm, you know, um, a relationship anarchist. Like, if you don't say those things, then it's kind of just up in the air. But when you say those things, it has with itself, like, a list of predetermined rules, and then you kind of customize it from there. Sure. I think I think it's also um, something something else, like, uh, that, that I hear a lot. Um, so people, people not, not, not often enough for it to be noteworthy, but... For me, for example, I'm I'm only dating one person right now, and I've only seriously dated this person for a good long while now. So a lot of people would look at me and say, "Well, you're not Polly. You're mm. you're you know you're only dating one person. Isn't that like the whole point?" I'm like, well, no. I mean, I I think um, I think you can be you know Polly and totally celibate. I think you can be Polly and not be dating anybody just because that's not where you are in life right now. It's a preference more mm-hmm. than more than a function, more than an action. It's who you are. It's the capacity to love more than one person that that allows me and the openness to it. Right. And and right, and the acceptance of it. The acceptance of the fact that my partner is dating me and another person. That's that's what that's why I feel comfortable using the term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the first time in my experience with polyamory, I'm with someone and not with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it feel it I kind of had this sort of existential crisis when I first realized like oh like all my needs are filled <gasps> what if I'm not Polly I have a blog what will I do and I kind of like freaked out a little um and then I kind of you know like recentered myself and I was like well obviously that's not you can't define yourself by this you know th- like you don't have to be dating someone you don't have to be dating multiple people constantly and if you were that would be kind of exhausting I think I think some people are really good at it, but for me to have to jump kind of the way that serial monogamous jump from partner to partner, if I had to jump from secondary to secondary all the time, I, I don't think I would enjoy it as much hmm. as being able to enjoy like the kind of primary time that I get when there aren't any other partners, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good feeling. They and, and these things change. These things change over time. I would say that I've in, in the, in the last several years that I've been living a lifestyle, my sexual needs my emotional needs my needs for attention every every part of every aspect of my relationships have fluctuated and changed and evolved and they're 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 totally different i would say within a within any three month period of time my needs are totally different just based on what's going on in my life so again it's it's more the the capacity and the preference than Mm -hmm. than like what i'm actually doing at any point yeah that is a good point. So what are some labels that describe you? Um, yeah, so if we get beyond uh, polyamory, which is just, you know, being open to multiple people, uh, I, I typically describe myself as solo poly, and I don't like using terms that uh, relate to hierarchy. So like primary and secondary. Mm-hmm. Um and already, like you can tell, there there are there there are issues there, um, <laughs> because those terms can mean so many different things to so many different people, or the lack of terms can mean so many things. You know, like, why don't you want to use terms that have to do with hierarchy? Why do you identify solo poly as opposed to any other kind of poly? Um, I think that within the community, we have this um, tendency towards painting in broad strokes with terms and labels and and there are just as many people that cling to them as there are people that totally eschew them and they're like no i won't use any labels because mm-hmm. i i'm i'm a wild stallion and i will never be tamed and i'm you know more power to you um i think these things kind of break down on an individual level a little bit um but yeah so if i had to pick two it would probably be solo poly and i prefer not to use terms that designate priority to my partners mm. but yeah so wouldn't that be relationship anarchist um but you don't like using that label i mean you could you know i mean you could i you don't could, know if we've mentioned this relationship anarchy is just when you don't have a hierarchy so you don't say primary secondary tertiary everyone has their own kind of equal attention based on what they need or request at the time you know right Right. I, I, um, I interpret relationship anarchy as all of your relationships are, you know, independently, you, you assign time and attention to them independently, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of who the partner is. Um, oh, so I guess that might not be true, but it's the terms. It's, it's just, uh, see how you, complicated these fucking you, labels you get? You could use, you could use anarchy to describe me. You could. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is people, and, and, and again, this is the same problem with solo poly. Most of the time when people use terms like, you know, uh, polyanarchy or solo poly, it means you're, you're, you're a lone wolf. 
you you are unfettered you don't you don't like nothing's tying you down you're just a you're just running around having sex with all the things and you know mm-hmm. whatever and you're an actual physical wolf that only consumes the flesh of other men right yeah. right lycanthropy that's what we're talking about here <laughs> um uh no <laughs> i i cohabitate i live with somebody i and th- and i spend more time with that one person than i do any other person like any other three people combined honestly mm-hmm. uh and and the same with her. She splits her time pretty evenly between me and her other partner. So for somebody to look at me and say, how could you even consider defining yourself as solo poly or polyanarchy? You are clearly in a primary oriented hierarchical relationship with your partner. Like, how? What are you? Are you? Are you? What are you smoking? You're out of your mind. <laughs> um, that is sure what it looks like. Yeah. But I think people. I think that's the problem with labels. People look at stuff and they think they can label it by looking at it rather than asking. Right. And 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 so if we I I and uh, I'm stumbling over my words here. I we are interpret both so we, tired we exhausted. <laughs> it is like midnight. I just worked a really long shift. Um, I interpret solo poly as I put my needs first. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that high on my list of needs is to cohabitate with another partner and spend most of my time around them because I that's that's what I prefer. My partner also identifies as such, and so does her other partner. So we are all three incredibly independent, career-oriented, type A workaholics that also really prefer to make time for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's well acknowledged that like our needs come first. If at any point this relationship no longer satisfies that need or, or benefits the rest of our life, then it'll be terminated. Um, we don't believe in, in codependency. We don't believe in sticking in a relationship that no longer serves our interests because we believe that selfishness is an underrated virtue in mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's why I pick solo poly. Mm-hmm. But that's still vastly different than how most people would use the term. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, when we get down to labels, it's it's not sufficient to just throw a word at me and say... Oh, well then, and, and, and extrapolate from that one term, that means you live alone. That means you, you never want to get married. That means you never want to make any kind of long-term financial entanglement with anybody because none of those things are, are true. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I feel like I've been talking for a while. No, that's super interesting. Um, I think that it's important too, you know. And the labels are so subjective because knowing, I mean, knowing the people I know... I can't think of anyone that's solo poly in the way that you describe. I'm also, you know, not always hanging out with people, but it's like it's super, super subjective based on the people that you know that identify as that. So there are some stereotypes, but if you're not like deeply entrenched in the stereotypes, you kind of, you know, just in the same way people do with, you know, like religion or sexual orientation, they kind of have like the character in their head and they base it on that. So it is this sort of kind of emotional um, prejudice about what a solo poly would look like rather than what it is. And it's different for everybody. Everybody's a different solo poly. Sure. I would argue. I, I look at it as there there are different tiers of information that I'm willing to give you mm-hmm. based on how relevant it is. Yeah. So like if I'm meeting you on the street, I'm poly. Yeah. If If we are 
engaged in conversation and you're intrigued about that, I identify as solo poly because blah. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give them an, an elevator pitch about about my lifestyle. <laughs> if you and I are going out on a date, you probably need to know, like, the finer details of my relationships because mm. that will give you an idea of your your potential place in them. That's interesting. I was thinking it more as, like, different brands of, like, the same products, but I think I like the tier way better. Yeah. Because it's like you start with this level and then the, the the steps that you go to get to the real you, the real what you identify as, those will be different for everybody. Super interesting. How about you? <sighs> Let's turn the tables a little bit. I Missy. am um, sad and fat. Aww. And I. Uh, <laughs> Neither of those things are true. Um, I think. So I prefer to have a primary. What would that be, a hericist then? I, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of social, of um, uh, relationship anarchy is, but I'm the opposite of that. So I prefer to have a primary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really am just polyamorous bisexual. Okay. You know. Do you do you care about the term primary? What what how do you how do you prefer to label your your partners? I I do I have primary, um, and that is important to me. Cohabitation is also important to me, mm-hmm. and I think the reason primary is important to me is because of a really deep seated insecurity that I have. Like I know there's probably I think that if I had a super healthy relationship with myself, that I probably wouldn't mind. But in in me, there's still like a monogamous person that's like you know like you need to to let this person know that they have the most of your time and they need to know that you expect the most of their time. Um, and I think ideally that would happen naturally, mm-hmm. but I have to set up that like we are primaries, like kind of like, um, what do you call it when you're bowling? <laughs> uh, Oh, the, uh, the, yeah, I see your hand movement. I know what you're talking about. Like you're the little things that go in the gutters <laughs> that protect so you, you don't from get a gutter bar. Yeah, the little I I use them too. I'm not gonna. I suck at bowling, so I know. What I did. The, yeah, the little tubes that roll down the the oh, gutter the gutter man. guard. I don't know what the hell you call those things. Okay, Google. What's that thing that you put up when you're bowling so you don't get a <laughs> gutter ball? There has to have been a better way to search for that. But I see what you're so so you're talking about that term being kind of a safety net for you. Yeah, we could just say fucking safety net. Okay. <laughs> I so, think it's guardrails. Well, yeah, I mean, it, we listening audience, <laughs> if any of you don't know what we're describing right now, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> that's and I'm going to that's the only time I will ever shame anyone on this podcast. Anything? That's so good. We have given you so much <laughs> description. <laughs> And, and hand movements that are <laughs> arguably useless to you. Because they're silent. But still. Yeah, I have I have that there as, so I know that my expectations, if they're not met, then this relationship isn't positive, you know? And, yeah. if, and I would like a set of expectations set out for me so that I kind of have, like, you know, parameters that I follow so I know that I'm, you know, I can, like, check the boxes on my list like validate the relationship. Yeah. Um, so, and I know that's probably not, you know, I'm sure people that are relationship anarchists are like, yeah, if you really loved your partner, they would just do everything naturally and it'd all fall into place. And I, uh, don't care because I love, uh, especially now, like I really love, love, love the person I'm with and 
leaving that all up to kind of like what we're feeling at the moment would make me feel so vulnerable that I don't think I could be happy because I'd just be stuck in this like in- insecure vulnerability. So that's why primary is important to me. Okay. And that's why I like labels. I'm a huge fan of labels. I know a lot of people aren't, but it is so helpful for me because I just think I, I'm also just a fan of language in general. I know a lot of people like to communicate with grunts um, and really heavy <laughs> dance like, uh, really heavy dance like body language. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think language is super, super, super important. And I think that especially when we're trying to communicate huge, complex, you know, society shattering ideas, mm-hmm. that it's really important for us to not just say, like, yeah, I'm just doing my own thing, you know? Sure. I, I see what you're saying. So so in order to adequately advocate for the lifestyle, like when you're communicating with people about it, you need to be able to mm-hmm. articulate it a little bit. Yeah. For yeah. me, that's not true for everybody. Some people have this very, like, lead by example, or they can kind of just um, do their own thing and be confident in what they know about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, or just it's none of your damn business what I'm doing. Like Yeah. they ha- Yeah, it's like a privacy <laughs> thing. Um, which I, is totally valid too. I see that a lot. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like most of the people that I interact with are pretty wide open, but at the same time we live in Texas <laughs> and there's only so wide open you can be in a place like Texas. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. That's another thing. Yeah. I think it's kind of, you know, people that are poly are probably more open, you know? Um, but that being said, there are people you know, there are so many people in the world and so many people that are polyamorous, not all of them are going to exhibit that same free communication. You know, they're just like, that's not, I don't know you. Their tier is a lot higher. Like that first step to get to whatever they label themselves as is a big one. You know, it's like you get my name and that is all. That's fair. Do you? So you like using primary. Do Mm -hmm. you like using secondary? So if you had other partners, would you designate them as secondary partners yeah i would do i would do the kind of thing like so you know how like when you're laying in bed next to your partner and you're like what are we i'd probably do that with like a secondary yeah (laughs) i'd be like okay i think it's time that you like you know meet my primary and that we you know all get dinner together Mm -hmm. um to become a secondary you know would require like meeting a set of certain standards you know that are you know like personal standards they would have to meld with my primary and myself and the setup that we have. What are what are the distinguishing characteristics between the two in, in your case? Uh, definitely time. Okay. Because quality time is a huge love language of mine. Mm-hmm. So um, I would definitely give a lot more time to my primary. And acts of service is another love language of mine. So I would reserve that um, ma- majority of that for them as well. And maybe that's another reason that I have to have a hierarchy is because if I don't, I'll fucking go crazy trying to like communicate, you know, because if you if I'm screaming these love languages at people because I love them so much and I'm giving Mm -hmm. all of this quality time to all these people and all of this acts of service and gifts, which I also love to speak in. Like, I just don't think I could have two. I don't think I could have two partners that were equal. I don't think I could. Huh. So, so there's a, there's a lot going on there. That's though. such a that I've never thought about that before until just now. Yeah, but what I a mean, breakthrough. So, so you're you're saying so I I heard a couple of different things. I heard that there's not only the quantity of time 
but the nature of the time spent, the activities spent. And it's a way for you to kind of safeguard against spreading yourself too thin mm-hmm. and, and giving too much of your attention um, or, 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 you know, running yourself ragged, yeah. trying, to, trying to keep everybody happy. That makes sense. I, my, my last question for you. Are you open to, and, and you kind of answered it just now, but I'm curious, are you open to the idea of having a, a co-primary situation with two, two people? If Assuming, like, let's say a secondary sticks around, they run through the gauntlet, you know, they pass all the trials, they, <laughs> they return to the quest keeper, all that stuff. Um, are, wh- wh- what are your thoughts on that? Do you think you could see yourself ever being there? I think I could. I think if it was the right person and the right setup, I could probably do that. And that would be nice. Mm-hmm. But I think it's only because I don't have like um like if my if my polyamorous experience is a game, mm-hmm. like I haven't coded that level, you know? Like that level <laughs> hasn't even been coded yet. So I wouldn't even know what that would look like or what the boss is, you know, in your quest metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think that is something that can make me happy. Although, as you guys can probably tell by listening to this podcast, uh, that changes every fucking week. <laughs> yeah. So what I want and what I can see myself in is God, so like, different. I feel like such a curmudgeon hanging out with you now. Like I, I've I've been more or less in the same relationship configuration for like over two years now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's awesome. I think we provide an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You pretty much just interview me every week about what I what I want now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, what do you want now? I'm like, here are all the really long and complicated ways that I describe myself. And then there's Britt, and she's <laughs> she's special. <laughs> she's got a new partner and a Shit new set of parameters. All the time. No, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's great. New job, new place, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Little poly gypsy action. Mm-hmm. All right, well... Tune in next week to see what the fuck I want <laughs> and um, hear about how great it's going for Johnny all the time. Yeah, it's his, pretty super rad. His paradise over here. Yep. Uh, thank you so much to the Mockingbird Network for letting us express ourselves um, and supporting us. Mockingbird Network is doing a lot of really rad social activism. So if you go to the website, if you like us on Facebook, you can see some of the stuff that's going on. It's really rad. The lady that runs this network is one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, And she's killing the game right now. She's super active and very talented. Um, And that's worth checking out. And then thank you to our sponsor, the Houston Polyamorous Organization. They make sure that we have studio time, that we get the audio to you, and that we can hang out in a closet every now and then. Um, And they're super great. Go to their website. You can see some stuff that Johnny and I have written. And you can read that. You can follow us. I changed our Twitter handle. To Polly Wanna Pod because mm. it seemed a little more easy to understand. Um, and I'm more active on Twitter now. So tweet me, at me, at me, bro, uh, and email us at pollywannapodcast at gmail.com and ask us questions. And we can answer them for you. If you have them, you can also yell at us. Um, you can compliment us. You can tell us your story. We can have you on. You can complain that the world around you is changing and you're not happy about it. Um, and we will talk to you next time. Oh, oh no, no. We're gonna we're gonna plug Jonathan Walker as well, real quick, real quick. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, no. I, I'm. I'm what are you my, doing right now? I'm. I'm. Have you guys seen his website? It is on fire right now. Built it myself. It's beautiful. He yes, built indeed. it himself. I did. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I do primarily relationship coaching, but also do a little bit of uh, productivity, GTD method productivity as well. So if anyone that's listening is interested in chatting with somebody uh, about your poly comings and goings, <laughs> uh, hit me up, jwalkercoaching.com. Yeah, and I can attest to his miraculous ability um, to get people to get shit done. It's insane. It's really magic. So thank you, Jay Walker Coaching. You betcha. And yeah, every time we're in the closet, you're the sponsor of the show. I totally forgot. <laughs> Probably because my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. I'm going to fall asleep in the car on the way home, even though I teach defensive driving. Um, all right, guys. I love you, and 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 we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Mockingbird Network.